Welcome everybody to the Depths of Motherhood podcast. This is a special season dedicated to the tribe of the mother. But also I know any mothers listening will find this extremely valuable. I've created each episode to offer simple, digestible, and supportive information, which I hope will educate and inspire anyone who listens. So this is by popular demand. Please help us to educate and support the tribe holding the mother. Look forward to passionate and highly knowledgeable guests dedicated to reclaiming the essence of birth and embracing conscious parenting. Throughout our time together, our guests will serve as the guiding voices, illuminating the path towards a deeper understanding of preconception, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. This is with the mother and the baby being the center of the exploration. In the show notes, you'll discover the link to Nourish Mother Package, which will offer many different resources to complement each episode. This is free for all members in the Women's Circle or £33 for everybody who just wants to purchase the package. A heartfelt thank you to our incredible guests and immense gratitude to my partner for supporting me on this creation. And finally, last but not least, special thank you to Araya, my daughter, for being the endless well of inspiration. Welcome to this episode. Today we have Maddie Miles on the show. Maddie is a certified clinical herbalist and she is passionate about optimizing the health of women. Maddie even has her own line of organic herbal tinctures to support women. She is a breath of fresh air and she shares so much information to support women during menstruation. And this passion came from her own personal experience and her quest for healing her body. She also has her own podcast, Peace, Love and Hormones, where she shares weekly episodes to support women on their journey. We start this conversation by exploring why it's so important for our men to understand the menstrual cycle. If you follow her on Instagram, you'll see that her partner is always popping up in her reels and is totally on top of this whole game. He knows how to show up in each phase of her menstrual cycle and it's so beautiful to watch them. And she goes on to explain about estrogen and progesterone and their dance during the monthly cycle and how we can expect different expressions of ourselves during each phase. I asked her about her favorite herbal remedies and practices to help support hormonal balance throughout the different seasons. And how when each person in the relationship comes to understand the physiological needs of their partner, there can be this depth in relationships. So understanding what is happening in the male body, what is happening in the female body, it really gives us this opportunity to be able to show up for one another and to be reminders as well. I really love talking to Maddie. I love her energy. I love how vulnerably she shared in the beginning about her own personal experience so relatable to my own journey and to so many other women and also this inspiration that we can reclaim back our health and that we can live a life in line with our internal rhythm and the rhythm of nature. So as mentioned in the intro we have a nourished mother resource and with these first two episodes I have included past workshops on menstrual cycle awareness, fertility awareness and a menstrual cycle one-on-one which is me with a diagram showing the dance of the hormones during the menstrual cycle. So if you just want eyes on, if you want to see what it looks like and that's your way of learning then you can go and check out that video. I'll also be adding my favorite herbs for each phase of my cycle in there too. In the show notes, you can find the link for the Nourish Mother resource. You can buy this as a one-off or it's included in the monthly membership. So I'm going to give you a discount if you join the membership today. 
In the show notes, you'll find the coupon code and the link to join the membership. So let's take a moment to check in with our body and just notice if you're clenching onto anything unnecessarily, maybe in your jaw, maybe in your shoulders or your hands. And let's guide a deep breath in through the crown of the head, filling up every cell in the body, giving ourselves permission to land here, to be in connection with this information that is coming through, giving thanks to everyone who's walked this path before us, holding this wisdom of our womb. Thank you so, so much for being here. Welcome, Mari, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. Yes, we've been waiting for this one, haven't we? And we've just spent like 10 minutes talking about our trips around the world. So that was fun. (laughs) Yes, it's always such a beautiful way to connect with people. And even like the most small towns that people have traveled to, you'll always find people who also somehow wandered over there and you're like, wow, what was your experience like? Honestly, that's all I seem to talk about with people I meet. It's like, where have you been? Who do you know? And we always seem to be able to find someone that brings us together or something. I'm so excited today to talk to you because I've been following you on Instagram for a while, probably maybe two years, I I would guess I've been seeing you on Instagram and just admiring the work that you're doing and the efforts that you're putting in there. So I'd love for you to share with the listeners, um, how did you get to do this work? What inspired you to show up in the way that you do? Yeah, um, well, thank you, number one, for following me. It's been a while. It's been a few years. Um, so I got into the space that I'm in now, which is integrative health, herbal medicine, and specifically women's hormonal and reproductive health, because well, a few reasons, which I'll, I'll get into each of them. But number one, I'm a woman. It's something that hits home for me, obviously. I have seen, uh, and this is getting into reason number two, but I've seen so many different medical and health professionals in my life, starting at a very, very young age up until through adulthood. And I just feel my experience myself and then you know, talking to other women and working with other women is that we are just so misunderstood. Very often we're dismissed in doctor's offices. I just remember my first experience, my first conscious experience with how fast doctor's appointments are was actually with my dermatologist. I remember seeing her uh, young, young age before high school. And I remember like getting into the car every single time and just telling my mom, like, why are those appointments so fast? I literally feel like they're three minutes long. She's like in and out. Also, our dermatologist is always at least, at least 30 minutes behind schedule. And I'm like, how is she behind schedule when she literally only spends like three to five minutes with people? So it's kind of funny thinking back on that because I knew from like a very young age or I was questioning from a very young age, like, who are these people in the white coats and why are they spending such little time with us? And why do I feel like, you know, our conversations are so shallow and superficial when your conversations with someone who's taking care of your health and is a part of your health journey should be so much more in depth, you know? So I really questioned things from a young age. I also really struggled with my health from a very young age. So around, um, 10 or 11 so years old, I saw my first medical specialist, which was a therapist, because I was very, very anxious as a kid. 
um, didn't really want to go to school. When I was at school, I would often pretend like I was sick so I could come home. I was very, very anxious. And it got worse after long breaks. So after like a summer break or a Christmas break or a spring break, I'd get very, very anxious to go back to school. And I, I, I just struggled with a lot. I mean, I struggled with my sleep around like fifth grade is when I remember the insomnia issues really kickstarted. And my mom, my lovely, beautiful mom would literally be in there in my bedroom with me for the first like hour or sometimes even two hours of the night, just like trying to gently like stroke my arm and like, you know, just guide me through breath work and meditations. And she didn't really know what she was doing, but she was like, this is my daughter and she can't sleep and she's anxious and she's depressed. So that was really like a a pivotal time of my life because it was the time of my life where I really like my health really went downwards and I was diagnosed then with anorexia and depression and insomnia, anxiety, all of these things, which for which I was seeing a bunch of different medical specialists. I was prescribed a crap ton of, excuse my language, but so many different pharmaceuticals and medications. And I was young again, like I'm, I'm still like in my prime developmental years for my brain, for my body. And especially as we trended towards, you know, seventh, eighth grade, freshman year of high school, the times where women are really going through um, changes in their hormones and getting their menstrual cycles. And I wasn't because I was so sick. I was so malnourished. I was so stressed. I was overly medicated, all of these things, right? Which then led one of my physicians to prescribing me hormonal birth control because one of her main concerns, which I will say this part was good. So her one of her concerns and my parents' concerns was she still does not have her menstrual cycle. She's, um, and they didn't even say ovulation, right? Which would have been a little bit more correct if I was being nitpicky at the time. Um, but she said she's not having a menstrual cycle. She's clearly still underweight and malnourished and we need to get that back. This is where it went wrong. <laughs> she then prescribed me hormonal birth control to get it back, which anyone who either follows me or you or is in this space um, knows at this point that hormonal birth control pills, the way that it works in preventing pregnancy and modulating hormones is by administering synthetic hormones and then turning off ovulation, which is how we create our hormones. So I wasn't cycling. I wasn't producing my own hormones. So, I mean, one can look back at pictures of myself from that time of my life. It was about like eight years of my life where I just looked like the light was sucked out of me. My skin was just dull. My hair was very brittle. I didn't have a lot of it. My eyes just looked really sunken in. And um, even when I would go through these times of like the weight gain, you know, because I was hospitalized a bunch and I was put into inpatient programs and I would be force fed, like literally and, you know, metaphorically force fed uh, by, by nurses and doctors. And so there were times over that, those eight years where I did gain back the weight, but I never gained back my radiance and I was still very sick and I would relapse every single time. So to conclude that portion of my life, it was the final time that I was hospitalized. It was my senior year of high school. Um, technically I was graduated already because I graduated a semester early. I went abroad in Spain and I did an exchange program and I was living with the host family over in Zaragoza, Spain and uh, was living my life. I had so much fun, um, but I also relapsed pretty hard. And so I was actually sent home for about a month. Same thing. I was hospitalized, went through the whole shebang. 
And that was the final time that I was hospitalized for the eating disorder specifically. And I just, I looked at my mom and I said, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to work on this because I have so many things I want to do in my life. Number one, I want to go back to Spain in the very near immediate future. I still want to be able to go to college because I was accepted to my university of choice. I wanted to like do things in my life. You know, I wanted to start businesses and go travel and fall in love and have babies eventually. And all of these things that I knew in that moment, being a 17-year-old girl, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do any of this if I'm in and out of hospitals for the rest of my life. It's like I have been for the last eight years. So we did a total 360. My mom found a naturopathic medical clinic outside of Chicago, which is where I grew up. And we made the commute. And it was the first time I've seen health professionals who didn't want to prescribe me medication for my neuro and mood disorders. He wanted me on a nutritional protocol and wanted me prioritizing sleep and using herbal medicine and functional supplementation. And it was the first time I was also experiencing functional lab testing and seeing a nutritionist because up until that point, and this is nothing against dietitians, but I'd been seeing mostly dietitians up until that point, And it was very, very sterile. It was like, basically like, here's the food pyramid, you know, like this is what we got to eat, feed you today. So I was seeing a nutritionist that really helped me to understand slowly, but surely like actual nutrition, right. And like even food sourcing and none of this happened overnight. Like this took years of really learning. Um, and so that really guided me into like the pathway that I am now in now as a as a health professional myself on the natural side, on the, the naturopathy side. So that's really what led me. And of course, we could talk for hours about, you know, the exact intricacies of my health journey and all of the ups and all of the downs and, you know, all the medications I was prescribed and my time with birth control and all these things. But I feel like all of those little snippets if anyone's interested in that, I do actually have two podcast episodes on my stories that are two hours of me really getting into it. But for the sake of this episode, um, I'll just conclude that question with, I really struggled with my health for so long. I got to see and experience both allopathic medicine, functional medicine, integrative medicine, naturopathy, herbalism, all of these things. And so I got this really well-rounded perspective and I found what worked for me and what works for most people. And so I decided to actually go and be a student in that. So um, that's where I'm at now. And I feel like I've met a handful of practitioners who got into the space that they're in, not for money, not for ego, but because they were really sick and they weren't finding any answers themselves. So it's like, well, who's who's like the best, you know, um, healer, so to say, or guide or the most knowledgeable person about our own bodies and it's ourselves. So that's what got me into this space. And I don't regret it for a second. Although sometimes my younger self was like, why weren't we an actress or a singer? <laughs> uh, but my life, this life had different plans for me. And I still get to be in front of the camera on social media and on my podcast and on YouTube, which is super fun um, to let that side of me out. And I go to dance classes and I have my singing um, classes and outlets with friends and loved ones. But no, I'm, I'm here in this lifetime to really reshape women's health and to help women heal 
and to be more intuitive with their own bodies and their hormones and their cycles so that they can really be like the CEO of their health, right? And they don't have to rely on anyone, you know, not even me, right? To actually um, help them feel good. Wow, you took us on a beautiful journey there. I was like crying. I really felt you and I want to take a moment for your younger self and your mother as well for this journey. And wow, I mean, I'm sure your younger self is like, wow, Muddy, like you really did it. Like you got us out of this and you nourished me and you took care of me. And it's so beautiful. And also, I can only imagine like how that was for you and your mother to have that bond going through that and holding each other through it. So thank you so much for sharing. And I'll put in the show notes the links to the episodes that you mentioned if people want to go and listen to your story. And I've noticed as well on your social media, which is very beautiful, and I can see all your acting skills. It's very great. It's, it really puts the <laughs> message across. I love watching these little movies that you put out. Uh, I've noticed that your boyfriend is involved in some of these videos as well. And so it kind of leads me to the question of why do you feel that it's so important for partners to understand about the hormonal cycle, the menstrual cycle? Why, why do you think, how can it help the relationship? Yeah, well, it's, it's so important because our hormones really like run the show, you know, and obviously there are um, you know, mid-based neurochemical, like there are a lot of things going on in any given moment in our body, like all the time. It never stops. But hormones are so powerful, especially, I mean, for both men and women, but for the female physiology, especially during our fertile reproductive menstruating years, um, those hormones have such a profound effect on literally so much, but I'll, I'll just name a few, right? on our overall mood, on our ability to socialize with people, our ability to empathize with people in situations, our ability to be more navigational and strategic, our ability to be more creative. Our brain literally changes size over the uh, term of our, of our cycle, and our menstrual cycle that is. Um, and then away from like kind of like the more cognitive side, like our metabolic function also changes throughout our cycle. Our ATP production, like our cellular production and energy changes as well. So, you know, one week you may have all this energy and zest for life and you want to go be social and you want to be sexy with your partner or sexy with yourself or like, you know, all these things, right? And you're like in this high vibrational, high energy state. And then within a matter of seven to 10 days, which is really short, you could be feeling very tired. You want to go inward. So... It's important for our partners to know and to understand on a deep level, not just like, oh, I kind of understand. No, like on a deep level, because then you're able to build more understanding for each other, right? And the same goes for women, like for, you know, if you have a male partner, to learn how their hormone cycle as well throughout 24 hours, right? And they pretty much reset every single day, but it's helpful to know like, okay, he's going to have his highest testosterone in the morning, so his highest sex drive and just overall motivation and drive for work and fitness and life is going to be higher in the morning for him than it is at night. Um, so just like it's important for us to know certain things about their biological rhythms, it's really important for men to understand the female biological rhythm 
um, whether you're with a woman romantically, whether you're really close friends with, if you have female friendships, your own mother, if your mother is still cycling, you know, depending on what age you all are at, you know, um, not that I expect a 10 year old boy to really have a full understanding, but one can hope, I hope my sons would have that understanding and uh, also persist if you have sisters and aunts, right? It's just, it's just remarkable and very cool. And we're all here because our mothers ovulated and, you know, happened to do the whole shebang and boom, there, the egg was up, fertilized and implanted and you became a baby. So it's, it's, it's just important on that level for us to have more of an understanding of human life and of reproductive health. And then, yeah, even more so if you're with someone, if you're dating or married to a woman and you want to understand her and you want to understand how to support her, then it's important to know this stuff. And um, also, it definitely gets you brownie points <laughs> for sure. If you, for example, know that your lady is approaching her period and, you know, maybe it's just taking something off her plate. So maybe it's going to the grocery store for her or it's cooking a few more meals than you normally do. Maybe it's just being just overall more like soft and really soft and gentle. Um, so I kind of leave that up to everyone. You know, I try to like kind of just stay as general as I possibly can and let, you know, individuals and relationships really take that information and shit it into their relationship. But I can speak on, you know, for Braxton and I, Braxton is my amazing boyfriend who knew a little bit before we started dating, but like I, he's basically been on this, like, he's basically getting his master's right now in a uh, woman's physiology from dating me. And every single cycle, it's, it's something gets even better. And um, he is able to support me and show up for me even more. And at this point, we've been together for three years. He's really starting to pick up on when I'm ovulating and when I'm about to have my period too. And we live together. So that's obviously an extra layer, right? Like we see each other every single day. So he really sees how I fluctuate throughout a cycle. But it's, it's so awesome. It's so beautiful. And for me, because I feel like he's talking a lot about the partner, but me as the woman with a menstrual cycle, it is very beautiful to have that support from someone who I love so deeply and someone who I live with. And I also just love this stuff. I nerd out on it. I think it's remarkable. So to have someone to share that with is beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it, it really makes me feel this, you know, when somebody sees you, through all these different waves, through all these different expressions and to hold space for that. And even to be a reminder, I travel a lot. So sometimes I lose track of where I'm at or my, you know, my, my menstrual cycle will shift if I've been on long haul flights or if I'm drained. And for my partner, Elon, he's a great reminder for me. He'll be asking me questions and reminding me, hey, maybe you just need a little bit more rest now. And it's same for my circles as well, with the women's circles. We have a private one with just uh, five women in there. And sometimes we'll be messaging in there like, oh my gosh, there's so much chaos or I don't want to do this or what is happening? And someone will say, hey, where are you at on your menstrual cycle right now? And there'll just be like a pause and a, oh, I know where to go from here now. And it might just be that they have to go and take a nap or have some bone broth or something, whatever it is in their little toolbox. 
but it's wonderful just to have that support and someone to share that with you. Like on that note, <laughs> it's so funny whenever I'm in my luteal phase, I should say whenever I'm in my luteal phase, often though, uh, I just question everything, especially as like any creatives listening, which we're all creatives in our own way. But anyone who is an artist or a photographer or a videographer, right? Like I create content. Like I love photography and videography. It's a huge part of, of me and who I am. When I'm in my video phase, I question everything. I'm like, I don't know if I like my soda. Like everything from like, you know, I don't like the layout of my Instagram feed to like, <laughs> is that a terrible? I'm literally like sitting, standing in my closet and I'm like, do I even like my clothes or like, do my clothes like me, you know, like it's beautiful, but like, does it look good on me? And so it's so funny because I remind myself that or, you know, and or like close girlfriends will remind me, but usually it's honestly me reminding them because of my own experience and, uh, and Braxitude, like, honey, where are you at in your cycles? And, you know, <laughs> like just table this, right? Like if you still feel this way in a week or two, then that's actually problem solving, you know? If you actually really don't like, you know, what you do or, or like how your Instagram looks, how about we, you know, kind of come back to this in a week or two with a fresh mind, more energy and, uh, you know, whatever. So I think that's the greatest tip of all time. You don't have to touch it right now. Let's sit with it for a little while. Oh my gosh, my Instagram feed changes like every cycle. I'm like, I don't like it. I like it. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so extreme it goes back and forth between being like i love my work i'm so awesome like i'm badass and that like usually ovulation you know like oh my gosh (laughs) and then like a week later you're like "Mm, am i even cool (laughs) i love it big shout out to our sponsor evolving humans who are the pioneers for energy healing This practice that I was taught four years ago has been studied by researchers all around the world to provide evidence of the physiological effects of energy healing. And I'm not just saying this because it's a promotion, but I have used this practice every single day for four years. And personally, I've noticed the most impact in my emotional state. This energy practice taught me how to feel energy in my body and observe the sensations The technique involves you using your hand and connecting to the energy field within your body. And with this gentle, loving awareness that you bring to the table, everything is seen and lived. The whole being comes into alignment. During the birth of my daughter, I tore, and the discomfort that I was experiencing with this tear started to ease up dramatically when I would use this technique. In the show notes, you'll find the link to Evolving Humans so that you can explore this healing technique, which is available through a course that you can join today. So let's let's talk a little bit about the the hormones that are playing in this in this cycle. Just a brief overview, because I know it can there's a few hormones involved, but it can still get confusing, especially like if this isn't your day in, day out like life. You're not thinking about it all the time. If you could just give like a brief introduction to the hormones that are at play. Yes, absolutely. So we'll start with the menstrual phase because most of us at least know when we have our period, because it's like the most outward sign that we have. Yeah, it is. I was going to say arguably, and I'm like, no, but it just is. It's the most outward sign that we have. We're bleeding. Um, so we'll start with um, the menstrual phase. But I will say, some people, when they're talking about the four phases of the cycle, 
don't always start with the menstrual phase. Sometimes that comes last. It also just depends on like how you view it on a more spiritual and emotional level. Um, you know, is like the releasing during your period and like the shedding of your uterine lining and the neuro benefits that you also have and experience during this phase. Does that feel more of like a conclusion um, for your cycle, your prior cycle, or does it feel like the beginning of a new cycle? So that there's no right or wrong. It's kind of just however, whatever feels best for each woman. But regardless, I digress. We'll start with the period. <laughs> so um, all hormones are pretty much at their lowest. The two main hormones in general across the board for for females are estrogen and progesterone. So um, during the first half of our cycle, estrogen is really like the queen bee and the runner of the show. And second half is progesterone. So both are incredibly important and have different, some similar, but mostly different, very powerful health benefits for everything, every part of our body. And our, our menstrual phase is when, I mean, we're still we still have hormones and levels of hormones in our body, such as estrogen, but they're definitely at their lowest. Our ATP production's at its lowest as well. So generally, this is a time to go a little bit more inward um, and to just reflect. Like, it's a great time to rest and reflect. Inflammation is a little bit higher than normal as well as a part of the process of the contractions to actually shed a third of your uterine lining. And then about two-thirds gets... So, but, um, so that's the menstrual phase. And then we trend into follicular. And I will say a lot of women say like, is there something wrong with me for feeling energized when I'm on my period? And first of all, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Like everyone has very different experiences in their bodies. And so if you feel energized, that's amazing. I've seen a lot of women feel really great on their periods if they've experienced PMS during the luteal phase, because Almost anything feels better than PMS. And you don't just experience PMS knows how how brutal it is because I mean it can be something as, you know, like a like a cramp or a little breakout or um some moodiness, or it could be extreme fatigue. You could also trend more towards the PMDD, which is, you know, much more intense and extreme than PMS. So Sometimes, very often for women, the shedding of their uterine lining is like this, oh, I feel like reset, you know, like my breasts aren't tender anymore and my skin is starting to clear up. So in, in my opinion, it feels totally normal for your period to feel like this more energizing time compared to the luteal phase if you had PMS during the luteal phase. So we get into the follicular phase where it's, it's called follicular because our follicle stimulating hormone, which is abbreviated SSH, where a lot of people may see FSH, whether it's on social media or in research articles, et cetera, that's starting to increase along with estrogen. Um, and it's trying to create follicles, right? So it's trying to create follicles because our follicles contain ovum, which are the eggs, and prepare for ovulation. So our cycle is like this, we're pre preparing for ovulation and then we're preparing for potential pregnancy. If we're not pregnant, we shed our uterine lining and it restarts over again. Um, that's like a very elementary explanation of it, right? Because again, like I mentioned before, there are wonderful benefits happening all throughout our cycle because of these hormones, you know, raising up their levels and then fluctuating in tangent with one another. And then as we trend it toward, oh, also our AT3 production is also um, on the rise during this phase. So it's a great time. Because that coupled with heightened stress resiliency, it's a great time to do more like cardio workouts or 
perhaps you feel more inclined to start something new, whether it's like a new project or it's a new hobby or it's trying a new workout class, like you're just feeling a little bit more confident and a little bit more curious as well. And then we trend into the ovulatory phase, which is very short. So ovulation itself, like the rupture of the follicle to release the egg, which travels down the fallopian tube and weights in the uterus, really only takes about like 15 or so minutes. And egg can stay an egg can stay alive for 12 to 24 hours. And then sperm can stay alive in a reproductive tract, in a female's reproductive tract, for about five days up until that point, giving us this window, right, this fertile window, um, also known as ovulatory phase of about like six or so days. Um, but I always just mention that because like ovulation itself is pretty, pretty quick. So if you're not sexually active, um, it just gives you some insight into like ovulation is more of like a transition than anything between follicular and luteal phase. Because for the follicular phase, like all of our hormones, it's like a rapes, you know, it's like, all right, we're getting ready for ovulation, you know, ovulation happens, it's the big bang, testosterone was higher and at its highest point throughout the entire cycle because yes women do have some testosterone not nearly as much as men do but we do have some and it all is around produced around ovulation which is why during ovulation we feel like extra motivated a lot more drive we feel like you know sexier and all these things and I, I totally understand that not every woman feels this way it's not everyone's reality I actually just recorded a YouTube slash podcast episode on the nuances and, you know, if you are experiencing middle schwartz, which is ovulation pain, or you're experiencing PMS-like symptoms during ovulation, like where, why that's happening, where it's coming from, and like how to address it. Um, because you should be feeling great. And again, everyone's different. You know, everyone's like level of energy and great is different and very unique. It also depends on the season, you know, like my energy during the ovulatory window, during the winter is different than it is in the summer. You know, in the summer, I'm like, that's so, let's party. Let's go dance barefoot. Whereas in the winter, it's still like, okay, I think I still kind of want to stay in. Like it's cold and, you know, it's getting dark by 5.30, 6 p.m. Um, so anyway, and then we trend into the luteal phase. And the luteal phase is our longest phase, about 10 to 14 days right before our period. And this is the phase that is really governed by progesterone. So estrogen starts to lower, although we do have a second spike of estrogen about halfway through the luteal phase, but really it's progesterone. So progesterone also allows for us to, um, number one, have a, a cushiony, healthy uterine lining. Estrogen does too, don't get me wrong. Estrogen is like building the uterine lining in the first half, but progesterone is, you know, will stay heightened if you get pregnant. So progesterone is also a very key hormone for pregnancy conception. And then um, and then obviously if that's not what happens and no egg is fertilized, then progesterone and estrogen levels all lower and we shed our uterine lining. And um, in general, across the board in the luteal phase, we don't have as much energy. We're not as stress resilient as well. And our inflammation is starting to uh, to kick up and the, the inflammation production and prostaglandins do start to increase a little bit as we approach our period. So it's very normal to take things back a little bit during this phase in all areas of your life. But again, I'm not trying to program anyone. If you feel great during your luteal phase and you want to go travel, right? Like I love to plan my life around my cycle as much as I can, but there are some times when you just can't. And you said this earlier that 
you know, you notice when you travel, especially, you know, halfway across the world and you're in a different time zone and that's a long, stressful flight that, you know, you, your cycle may be a little delayed or a little messed up. So we're humans and we're not machines and things, you know, fluctuate and change. But what I just kind of overviewed is like a really good, um, easy to digest overview of the four phases of the cycle. Thank you so much for sharing that. And for anyone listening, you can just rewind and you can get a notepad and pen and write this down if that didn't go through. That's the great thing about these podcasts. So let's talk about just before your bleed, what would be a really good blend, a herbal blend? Yes, great question. So I love personally, especially when it comes to like really powerfully regulating hormones and cycles. I love herbal tinctures. Herbal tinctures are very potent, uh, very medicinal form of herbal herbal medicine. And so I love Soothe, which is my herbal tincture formulation. I don't own these herbs, right? Like herbs that are in these and in my formulas have been around for centuries and centuries, millennia. Um, so I don't own the herbs, but I do have my own formulation. So some of my favorite herbs for hormone regulation. So um, I have 10 different herbs in Soothe, and some of them are red raspberry, Don Guai. We have Vitex, the Chaseberry, Vilplurum. We have ginger, so many wonderful things in Soothe to help with hormone modulation. Um, so personally, I'm a big tincture girl. In terms of herbal tea, like it's not that I'm not a fan of it. I literally have herbal tea right next to me right now. I drink herbal tea uh, literally all day long. <laughs> I love herbal tea, but when it comes to like more of the medicinal impacts, I, I definitely go tinctures. So when it comes to hormones, we really want to be targeting, obviously supporting our brain health, of course, but we really want to be supporting our liver health and function and detoxification. And we want to be supporting our gut health as well. And then, um, also again, depending on what a woman is experiencing, there are, just great herbs to regulate hormones. They're hormone um, modulators. So, um, and then in terms of tea, because I'll just even, like I'm drinking right now spearmint and nettles, which is really great for androgen levels and having healthy androgen levels. So a lot of women, especially with PCOS, experience elevated levels of androgens and that can lead to the acne and the breakouts and even the hair loss and, and um Hirsutism as well, facial hair growth. So I love that one. Uh, also, they're just both antihistamines and anti-inflammatory. So I'm usually drinking, sipping on those. Dandelion root and leaf are beautiful for liver health and for gut health and for the nervous system as well. And chamomile, lavender. I mean, there are just so many. There are so, so many. And there are so many different herbal uh art medicines. There's TCM, there's Ayurveda, there's Western medicine. There, there are so many different forms of it to practices, I should say. So there are so many that I love, but my favorites are the ones that I have in my formulation. Um, obviously, they're my favorites. <laughs> That's why I chose them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have Soothe, I have Bitters, and I have Sleepy. Sleepy's for sleep and nervous system because that's important for all forms of healing, but especially when it comes to hormone health. And our overall reproductive health, I think way too many of us overcommit ourselves to things in our lives and are running on low sleep and high stress and caffeine. And so Sleepy is really there to help with the nervous system and sleep foundations of, of overall health. 
And then bitters is, um, bitters is an ancient tradition that has been passed down again throughout millennia, throughout different cultures, and they, different cultures do it differently. Some cultures will take the bitters before a meal to stimulate digestion. Others will take it after a meal to support digestion of the food that you just ate. So, you know, that's what my bitters is here for, to help with overall gut health and the gut microbiome and the digestion of the foods that you're eating and the nutrient absorption. So you can actually absorb those healthy nutrients. So with my formulas, we're really targeting like the main areas of concern when it comes to women's health. So we're targeting, we're targeting the liver, targeting the gut, we're targeting the brain and the whole HPA axis. We're tra- targeting the nervous system as well and supporting sleep and digestion. So that's me. That's Peace Love Hormones. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so inspiring talking about herbs. I love them. I just have my drawers filled. And every time I travel around, I'm gathering new plant medicines and learning about them. But it is so vast. But I think if you have that curiosity and that passion, it's like you're never going to know everything, but just explore and see what feels good. So the final question that I wanted to ask was, so if for somebody that's supporting the woman going through, through her menstrual cycle, if she's getting to this point where it's just feeling really heavy and a lot and overwhelming, what are some top tips that the partner or the friends or the family can do to help them to feel nourished and supported during these times? Yeah. So if a woman is starting to experience like PMS or discomfort before her cycle, um, I mean, first things first, I always just address stress because like I just mentioned, so many of us are running on very little fumes, yet we're operating like we're like this super woman, superhero. And I always go to stress first and uh, not just immediate stress, like in this moment or in this given day, but really like how has our overall stress levels been within like the last cycle to like perhaps even three cycles because something that happened three months ago, like a big move or a big illness that happened even just three cycles ago could also be impacting your cycle today. So I first do some addressing over there, like how can we just decrease stress right now? What what works for you? What fits into your schedule? Is it going to get a massage? Is it going on a nature walk? Is it disconnecting from all technology an hour or two before bed and getting into bed an hour earlier? So like what can we do given the person and their interest in their lifestyle? Um, and then we target nutrition as well. I see more often than not when women are struggling with PMS and unfavorable symptoms that she wants to reach for the soda or the greasy food or the super simple carb heavy meal, like, you know, a croissant or a pastry or something like that. And I look at food as a couple different things. Number one, medicine. So food can really either make or break our health, but also We do, as humans, have an emotional connection to food, and it's also a social connection as well. So, and this takes much more, right, than just like, oh, you're experiencing a crimp right now, you know, uh, eat this meal or eat this snack to help you out. Like, really shifting our perspective on food and nutrition takes a while, but it's a beautiful journey that I guide people through as a part of the work that I do. And you does not mean that you can't enjoy, you know, some of your favorite comfort foods here and there. But my my job is to really help people 
figure out what foods work well for them and what foods don't. And by the way, a food that could be 100% natural and organic and come from your local farmer, such as, I mean, there's so many things, but such as like, let's say just raw dairy, right? Like it may not work for you and it may work for the other person next to you. And and that's me. I, I tend to be more, uh, I have some autoimmune issues. So for me, the raw milk that a lot of my colleagues and uh, health professionals, counterparts, love and enjoy, I can't do because it causes inflammation in my body. So nutrition is a very complex topic. But that being said, there are like general guidelines uh, that I recommend that a woman does immediately, whether or not she's experiencing PMS. But reducing stress, nutrition, hydration, it also depends on what symptoms she's experiencing. If it's cramps, we can do some heat therapy of the cramps. Some movement and stretching may really help as well. Um, if it's mood-based, I highly recommend getting outside, fresh air, fresh sunlight. If it's not sunny, just getting fresh light. An overcast, cloudy day is still way brighter than any indoor light or room and provides a lot more benefits than fluorescent light. So just getting outside, even if your face super, super bungled up, if it's cold where you are and soaking in just nature's air and light and remedy to really help boost your mood, calm your nervous system, reduce inflammation. If you can stick your feet in the, your bare feet in the grass, that's really, really helpful as well. I start people off slow. We do not go zero to 100 here. So you don't need to do the full 30 minutes or longer than that to reap all those benefits. Even just like five to 10 minutes in the grass is still wildly beneficial. So it really just depends on, you know, what what is she experiencing, number one? And like what type of symptom? Because do we need to target this from like a stress-reducing place? Do we need to address this from a nutritional aspect? What what angle are we coming at this from? But always from a natural, a natural method for sure. And I'll say just because cramps are so common and also breast tenderness and water retention, I love castor oil packs for the liver, for the pelvis. I love them for the breast as well. You can move castor oil on your breast and put an organic cotton t-shirt or flannel over it. Or you can hop in your, if you have a sauna at your house and you can go in it naked because it's at your house, then I highly recommend doing that in the sauna. Uh, but make sure to put a towel down because it's very oily and very dense. If anyone's ever worked with castor oil before, you know it is thick. It is not like olive oil. <laughs> Um, it, it's thick. So be careful with that one. And then herbals, of course, right? Um, I mean, herbals, I, I always reach to them if I'm feeling tired, herbals, if I'm feeling creepy, herbals, bloated, water retention, breast tenderness, herbals, cramps, herbals. So, uh, there are so many different herbs out there. Um, I'm a clinical herbalist who's studied herbs for so much of her life and I still don't know all the herbs because there are that many plants in this world we don't even, as like the human race, we don't even know all of the plants and all of the medicinal benefits from each of the plants. So we're still discovering every day. But that being said, I have so many loose leaf herbs for teas and I have my tinctures. And I sometimes, very often, I'll actually do Epsom salt baths with some herbs in them as well, especially if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling like sad or stressed out or I have some cramps, I'll, I'll definitely hop in an herbal bath. I like herbal steams as well if I'm feeling sick. And um, that's an, another thing because I feel myself kind of getting off topic a little bit, just talking about how 
I use herbs for everything. Uh, but getting back to the, the PMS, the premenstrual symptoms, a lot of women experience headaches as well and migraines. And so a good magnesium complex and lots of water and quality water. So spring water would be best because it retains those lovely minerals in it. And then uh, an herbal steam as well. You could do peppermint, you could do rosemary, a few different herbs that you can do an herbal steam. And uh, that would really help to reduce some tension as well. So there's so many, so many herbs, so many things to do. And the last thing I want to say about that is if a woman is experiencing any unfavorable symptom that she does not have to be stuck with this, this is not her given. Even if you've had breast tenderness for every cycle for the last five years of your life, like you still can change that and actually work on these issues from a root cause and not experience that in the future. Oh, you have just put so many tools in the tool bag. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. And I know this is your work. So whoever's listening to this, they're probably super inspired by you. And you have many offerings and you share so many so much free information and inspiration on your social media as well. And I feel like when I first started on this journey, it seemed very complex because I resonate with a lot of your story with the stuff that you went through and then going on hormonal contraception. And I, it was quite the journey to take on coming back to my body again and tuning in to all these different layers of my being and what was contributing to my health. So I think when I felt that initial inspiration and curiosity, it came through initially through uh, nutrition. And then from there, I just, it wasn't as though I was trying, but the information started to come and different practices. So I, I just wanted to to say that if it seems overwhelming at all, just go with what you're curious with and, and know that this isn't going to happen overnight. Like maybe for some women it does, but this is really a practice of patience and observation. And it's not like we've been taught with what we've been brought up with for many of us is this um, getting getting things fast or getting things fixed right now. This is not to do with how the medical system usually likes us to think of take this pill and the symptoms will go away. This is, as you mentioned, getting to the root of things and also a journey back to self, getting to know our body, her language. What is she saying when she offers this sensation that might feel painful, that feels uncomfortable, all these emotions? Like what is she trying to tell us? And so I want to say thank you for accepting your mission <laughs> because the life ex- the things that you experienced in your early life really guided you to this point to be really curious and to make sure that you were getting the support and help that you you needed on all different levels so i want to just share my appreciation and gratitude to you for that and i would love for you to take this time now to let our listeners know where they can find you and and what you you offer online. Yeah, thank you for those beautiful words. Much appreciated and received. Um, 
everyone can find me on oh gosh like all the social media which is like <laughs> where are you <laughs> depends on where i'm at in my cycle if i like that or not but <laughs> i am on uh i'm on tiktok i'm on instagram instagram is is a big one for sure for myself which is at the maddie miles and then peace love hormones which is my brand and then um there's our podcast which is on spotify and on apple podcast it's peace love hormones and then YouTube is at the Maddie Miles as well. And that's where I post. Well, firstly, I post the video content for a podcast on there. And it's super cute because my editing team, we add like graphics to it and um, cool transitions. And yeah, it, it's really great. Go over to YouTube. It's awesome. Um, and so you get that visual component to the podcast. And then I also... Uh, have just other videos that are very specific for YouTube. So it's not necessarily a podcast, but it's maybe like a daily vlog, um, recipe, et cetera. I'm really growing my YouTube now in 2024. That's like the goal is to really switch over to long form content because for me, I find it so much easier to talk about a topic for an hour, uh, like 30 to 60 minutes, than it is to come up with like five to seven unique topics to create short form content for on, on like Instagram. Um, so I, I post like, I'm moving into like only posting like three maximum four times a week on Instagram. And a lot of it will be sharing clips from YouTube videos and from podcasts. And uh, yeah, that's, I do podcasts and YouTubes once a week. So long form content for me comes out once a week, every Wednesday. And it's a great way to like get into depth with various topics. So many people I find when they're struggling with their health because our initial reaction and what we've been taught is to like go find someone to tell you what's wrong with you. And I often, you know, relay people when a, when a woman messages me and she's like, can I see you one-on-one? -on -one? Do you have practice? I say, I do, but I recommend to go over to my podcast first because I have it. 80 plus hours of me going into depth on various topics and it's free, free for you, you know? So I'm like, go listen to the podcast and then just like, go check out my herbals. <laughs> um, and then if you still like, if you can't find your answer, if you can't feel that full on customized support in a podcast, then you see me one-on-one -on -one, or you choose another practitioner of your choice to see one-on-one -on -one, and maybe you run labs with them, et cetera. Um, so yeah, that's my little, uh, spiel to go check out my youtube and my podcast because i have so much information over there for for all my ladies thank you so much money thank you for being here thank you for sharing all that you have today and i'm just sending you so much love for the work that you're doing it's much needed in this world thank you thank you we did it well done that was wonderful thank you thank so much you.